I'd like to read to you from Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1. This is my, probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It's the hope that we hold on to. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, beautifully prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And I know that for for many people, Christmas can be a difficult time, as we remember loved ones that have maybe passed away or are not with us. And it's always good to remember that a time is coming when there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away. Thanks be to God. Isn't that amazing? Some time ago, I was... Oh, I better get the the remote. Uh, Craig, have you got it? Oh, there you are. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So that I can operate the... The slideshow. Um, some time ago, I was driving from town along the Borodale Road towards the intersection with Churchill Avenue. Um, and as you know, the Borodale Road is a dual carriageway at that point. So you can imagine my surprise when I noticed a car driving back along my carriageway towards me. But then not only one car, but a second and a third. And I realized a whole lot of people were sort of pulling up and doing U-turns and coming back down the lane towards me. I was just um, amazed. I hadn't seen that before in Zimbabwe. We see a lot of things, but I hadn't seen that. Um, And then I discovered that the intersection between Churchill and Bordell Road had become gridlocked. Not because there was an accident there or because there was a breakdown or there was a lorry parked or anything like that. It was simply because everybody from every point of the compass had driven into the intersection at the same time and just gridlocked it. I mean, it was utterly astounding. And as if that wasn't enough, the, the vehicles that were now coming back towards me um, were encountering vehicles that were coming out of town, and they gridlocked the entire uh, going-out-of-town lane. But the chaos didn't end there, because we are Zimbabweans, after all. <laughs> so E.T. started making extra lanes. I'm sure you've never encountered that before. Have you ever seen them doing that? It was such a shock to see them doing that. Um, and then other cars started bundu bashing across onto Swan Drive through the gum trees. Um, but that didn't help because Swan Drive, where that intersected with Churchill, was also gridlocked, so there was traffic coming back there. And so there I was sitting in the traffic, utterly locked in. There, there we go, stuck. Yeah, that would have been a good word to use. And then I got this SMS. It was quite interesting. I I got an SMS and I've got my phone out. And it had, you know, it was from the Traffic Safety Council of Zimbabwe. (laughs) And it had some very useful advice in it. Do you want to hear it? To ease road traffic congestion, single file driving is highly advised. Avoid avoid creating undesignated traffic lanes. (laughs) 
I couldn't believe it. But you know, to be honest, I've been thinking about it. I think the quality of driving in, on Zimbabwean roads is actually deeply, deep, deeply shameful. Um, and I think the reason why it's deeply shameful is because it reflects something of the heart of the nation. I refer to it as the heart of the nation. It reflects selfishness. It reflects greed. A complete lack of consideration for one's fellow man. Utter disrespect for the law. And of course, we start to see that heart of the nation manifesting in all areas of Zimbabwean society, whether it's business or politics or families. And a lot of that is really bad news, isn't it? When we just look at the heart of the nation manifesting itself in so many discouraging and depressing ways, and it seems like it starts to overwhelm you as well. But the good news that I have this morning is that the king has come, and he's coming again. And the implication of that, I'd like to talk about two implications of that. The first one is that we need to live with a heart of flesh. The heart of the nation is a heart of stone. And a heart of stone is a lifeless heart. It's dead to God, and it's dead to other human beings. That explains why there is no empathy towards other human beings and sympathy towards them as well. It explains how a soldier can kneel down, we all saw this on the videos, kneel down, he was running and shooting, but he actually knelt down to take careful aim at his fellow citizens. That, that's what the heart of the nation does for people. It explains the rampant greed that we see in superinflated prices in the shops. Um, I almost betrayed what I was getting Gail for Christmas, but I saw it in one shop for $463 and I bought it in another one for less than a quarter of that. So that just gives you some idea. And in, I think in South Africa, it probably would have cost 150 rand. Uh, sorry to betray the, the value of your Christmas present there, love. <laughs> um, even our own church family has been affected by this, with, with Ben and Chipo being affected by a corrupt magistrate who um, accepted a bribe in order to corrupt the, the course of justice. Um, but you know, the thing about this heart of stone is that it's not unique to Zimbabwe. The Bible uses this phrase to describe the condition of all human hearts before they've been changed by God. This is what God said through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Notice that it's God alone who can remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You will never succeed in changing your own heart of stone. That's what I was trying to demonstrate to the children there. It's a supernatural work of God. It is received through faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And if God has given you a heart of flesh, then you can reject the heart of the nation. You don't need to be defined by the chaos in Zimbabwe. You don't need to contribute to the problem. And it's quite tempting, isn't it? It was interesting, yesterday, uh, Matthew and Gail were in the car with me. I was turning right at a, an intersection controlled by a traffic light, and they were, I was turning here, and there was a pedestrian walking here, and I didn't give him right of way. And as I drove past him with my window down, I, I saw him giving it the sort of, you know, what on earth is this guy up to? And Matthew said, Dad, do you realize you're supposed to give way to pedestrians? And of course, I know that. But as time goes on in Zimbabwe, we just, 
we just get overwhelmed in a sense by the heart of the nation. We end up behaving like everybody else. And believe me, um, if God hasn't changed your heart by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, then you're not going to be able to reject the heart of the nation. And your heart is going to end up beating in time with the nation. You'll end up getting crushed by this place and you'll end up behaving like everybody else. And folks, this is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus came to become a man and to take the punishment for our rebellion against God. And because he took that punishment and was raised from the dead, it's possible for us to be changed. It's possible for our heart of stone to be supernaturally changed into a heart of flesh. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember the word gospel refers to an objective, history-changing event that alters everyone's situation and that everyone needs to respond to. So, for example, the gospel of 9-11. The gospel of 9-11 is that airplanes flew into the World Trade Center and it was an observable, objective, history-changing event. And from that moment on, everybody had to deal with the fact that things had changed in the world scene. And it was the same with Jesus Christ coming to the earth. When God became a man and lived on earth amongst us and took the punishment for our sins, it's a gospel. It's an objective, history-changing, life-changing event. And so I'm hoping that we'll respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ today in two ways. If you need a new heart, then ask God to give you a new one. That's all it takes. We receive it by grace. Grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to pay, pay for it. We receive it as a free gift. And then our heart can be changed and we can have that heart of stone taken out and given a heart of flesh. And if you already have a new heart, then I would just encourage you, and we're going to be doing this as a, as a church in the, in the year ahead, we are going to be rejecting the heart of the nation because we want our heart to act in sync with God's heart. We want to be kind and considerate. We want to have compassion on the poor. We want to crucify the greed in our hearts. We want to respect other people, whether it's in the traffic or in other ways. And we just want to love, love, love our fellow Zimbabweans. That's the reason why we're on earth today. Jesus has put us here to be a visual representation of his son. And um, that's our mission. But I don't want you to overlook a crucial truth in Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put a new spirit in you. When God puts his spirit in us, then he is reigning, in a sense, on the throne of our hearts, and we become members of the kingdom of God. And so that's the second thing that I would like, a second implication today of the fact that the king has come and the king is returning, is that we're members of the kingdom of God, and we need to prepare for the return of the king. When Jesus came to earth, he started off the kingdom of God. And at present... Christ's kingly rule has been established in every believer. Those that believe and follow Christ have Jesus ruling in their hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom of God doesn't have a clearly marked out territory or border on earth. However, the Bible pictures the kingdom of God as being like a rock. This is in Daniel. 
First of all, the rock smashes the kingdoms of the earth and it crushes them to dust. But then the rock begins to grow and grow and grow until it becomes a mountain that fills the whole earth. We belong to that kingdom. We belong to a kingdom that will never be shaken. It will always prevail and it will outlive Zimbabwe and every other kingdom or nation on earth. And we're told in Revelations 11:15, the kingdom of the world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's what's going to happen, folks, when Christ comes for the second time. But the reality is that that's still coming, and we're still living as citizens of the kingdom of God now. And we need to live in a certain way as a result of that. When Christ returns as king... There's going to be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, as we saw from the reading from Revelations. And that's what we look forward to. That's the hope that keeps us going in difficult times like these. But looking to the return of the king is more than that. It's more than holding on to a future hope. It's about allowing that future reality to break in to our present reality. Future reality of a time when Jesus is king, when there's no more death or crying or pain. And that keeps breaking in. And do you know how it breaks in? It breaks in through us. We're the ones who allow it to break in. When we establish a local church community that lives according to God's laws, the laws of God's kingdom, and when, and when we display the values of the kingdom, then the kingdom comes near to those who are around us. And they witness it. And we reveal God's love and character. We provide a signpost to God. And then the kingdom comes near because they glimpse something different. It gives them the opportunity to explore and either accept or reject what the witness points to. Namely, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So folks, our challenge this coming year is not to allow ourselves to be shaped by the heart of Zimbabwe, by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Our challenge is to be living and active members of the kingdom of God. We need to start living out and expressing those values. And so, I I, I love the way Tim Keller says, he says, there are hands out in the world that are shaped for you to hold. There are people that are there for you to comfort. they, no one else is going to do it in quite the same way as you, as you will because no one else has had quite the same background and history as you have. There are going to be people out there who need to be comforted and the kingdom of God is going to break into their circumstances. They're going to see something of God when you start to display it. It could be um, in, in supporting the poor and giving to the poor. That also needs to be done. One day there's going to be no, no poverty when, when Christ returns and when the kingdoms of the earth become the kingdoms of our God and King. There's going to be no poverty. And so we work to break that in now. And this is the, 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 the purpose and the, the mission that we have for being in Zimbabwe at this time, being here in this place at this time. And folks, if we don't have that eternal perspective, if we haven't rejected that heart of stone, rejected that heart of the nation, if, if we're not living out the implications of the kingdom of God, then we're wasting our time here on earth. Why would we want to put up with all this nonsense and chaos? Why would I want to get gridlocked into traffic? <laughs> Might as well go somewhere where the traffic moves. No, we've got tremendous opportunities here 
to extend the kingdom of God, and that's what we're going to be doing as a church. And it's all because the king has come, and the king is coming again. Shall we pray? If you would just like to reaffirm your commitment to God uh, and just say, Father God, I know that you've given me a heart of flesh, but my word, it's, it's been overwhelmed by the heart of the nation. Um, just spend a few moments in quiet just um, asking the Lord to forgive you. Of course, forgiveness is freely available through what Christ did on the cross. And resolve in your heart to look to the coming of the King to live in a way that allows his kingdom to break in. Father God, thank you so much uh, for being together today. We thank you for the family that you've put us into. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for this church. And Father, we want to commit ourselves to you afresh as the year approaches, um, looking forward to the things that you have available for us to do as we work with you to extend the kingdom of God. And Father, I would like to pray for your blessing on every person here. I pray that each person here would know the love of God, that they would know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that they would know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.